You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Welcome back, Screening in Kingston podcast. Uh, Mike here as always, and my special guest co-host this week is Nicole. Welcome back, Nicole. Hello. Thank you very much for having me yet again. I'm sure everybody is so sick of me by this point. <laughs> uh, they're going to get sick of all of the rotating uh, guest hosts, probably. Um, yeah. Though I, I feel like if people are sick of anyone, it would be me. Because I'm going to be the only consistent <laughs> At least you're, you know, we, we get you and then we get Tyler and then we're going to have Katie and probably Matt and Andrew and all these like, guest hosts that are different each week. And I'm the, just the consistent voice that drains on people. You're the one asking questions always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Demanding many things of, <laughs> yep. of the guest hosts. Um, we've got a great episode. We've each uh, saw two movies. Um, we were just talking about my fun experience seeing the wonder and then real it came out on netflix the next day um i went to a theater <laughs> and then it came out on netflix you and i were just talking about that um, what a drag uh, yeah what a what yeah. a fun moment that was um i'm also reviewing enola holmes um you've got two interesting ones this is great i'm really interested to see what you thought of these ones because you've got the good nurse which i've seen some interesting previews about yeah, I sure did. I was like, oh, I'm glad this wasn't picked. Like, nobody's done this yet. I get to do no, it. No, I, I, it was on my short list of movies I could review, but then you mentioned it and I said, take it away. Yes. Um, and then the, the second movie, please remind me, because I don't think I've heard much about this one. Yeah, so it's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. And technically, it came out in the summer. But oh. no, but but it just it just kind of slipped under the radar. Like it mm. got a very limited. Anyway, we can get into it. It got, yes. it got a very limited um, release, which is just so disappointing because it was it's it deserves time, like for everybody to hear how good it is. So yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Now this is Emma Thompson is in this one, right? Yes, so I think I've is. seen a preview of it, <laughs> but that's about all I remember. It's going to be interesting talking about it on this podcast since okay. we are on a like public station to a certain oh, degree. Uh, so it's going to be um, interesting to talk about. Okay. Yeah. This is a, this is a, this is a naughty movie as we call it. It's a naughty movie, Interesting, but it's okay. good. It's a good, th it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a really okay. good movie. Well, yeah. there you go. We'll, yeah. we'll get into it. I, I don't uh, envy your struggle of having to review this movie on, on this type of show. Cause I, I understand <laughs> we've had it happen many times where we've tried to talk about a movie, but we're on, you know, we're on public radio. We also have young listeners. Like it's hard to kind of balance that. So good luck. Um, I should have asked you some questions before. Actually, now that I'm thinking of it, I was like, oh, no, can I even say some of these things? I'm sure it's fine, honestly. Yeah, don't worry. I'll I'll edit around you. Okay. Great. <laughs> if I need to, and I'll let you know. I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's perfect. Fine. It, think of, the way I like to think about it is is in this sense, like if you were if you were talking to like a family that wasn't like super conservative, but somewhat conservative, and it's other people's like kids. How far would you go into that where you're like uncertain and what you would kind of use? So if they're kind of like talking to kids, that's kind of how I think. How old are the kids? 
<laughs> I, I didn't give it this much thought. Uh, 11 okay, okay. or 12. 11 okay, 12. that's fine. Okay, great, yeah. great, 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 great. Oh, this yeah. is a good thing for them to learn young then. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. We're going to hear from Nicole later on that one. Um, we, but before we get going, um, because of my, my strange uh, recording schedule, this is the first episode that's kind of a normal ish recording time so i've got tons of fan questions to go through um we're going to go through those first including and we're going to kick off with all the congratulations that people have sent in for taylor so i'm going to read them off now um taylor is kind of doing no or limited screen time because of the way she's been feeling so we're going to read them all out now but i will make sure to email them to her and i will contact her to say hey taylor actually listen to the first bit of this episode um we all know she doesn't listen <laughs> even no. when she's on the show she doesn't listen no, um so we'll, i'll tell her hey you've got to listen to this and she absolutely will because i know she appreciates whatever one uh writing in. so i'm going to go through those first then we'll get to some of Josh's fan questions that I haven't uh, been getting to from the Inquisitor. And then we'll review some movies. Great. Let's get going. Um, okay. First from Akil, congratulations to Taylor and Dan. It's such excellent news. And I'm so happy to hear the name George. I must have missed that in a previous podcast because I do believe it was announced, but I don't know why. I didn't hear the name before, but congratulations. Wonderful name. Wonderful news. I hope you are doing well, Taylor. That's from Akil. Oh, uh, that's sweet. Yes, the name was actually given uh, because the, the there was like, when when she said that she was pregnant, she gave way more information than I thought on that yeah. episode. It kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> I was, I was, I was <laughs> also shocked by, yeah. <laughs> by the amount of things she said. I mean, I didn't even tell... I didn't tell like Taylor and I have been friends since we were, uh, I think like t 10 or 11. Mm. And I didn't even tell, I was like, I can't tell any of my family who's pretty, like basically her family too. I was like, right. I can't say the name. I can't say the, I can't say anything. I'm just going to keep it a secret. And then <laughs> yeah. she came on and was like, so there's all these things. Anyway. Here's everything. Yeah. Here's yeah. the whole shebang. And yeah. it was great. It was wonderful. Um, I'm glad she got the shit out of everyone. But yeah, I don't know what happened to Keel because I'm pretty sure Akil wrote in the week after as well. So I don't know. And sometimes you miss things. I know listening to podcasts, you, you don't catch everything, but that's yeah. funny. Uh, but thank you for that, Akil. Um, that next one's from Lily, um, who says, uh, I'm so sorry that I missed writing in earlier um, about the news that uh, Taylor has had her baby. It's excellent news. Congratulations to you, Taylor, and congratulations to Dan as well. I hope you're both doing well. I'm sure these next couple of weeks will be crazy. Mm. That's from Lily. Well, no problem, Lily, because I couldn't read them out anyway. So there's no problem with you being a little late. Uh, but that's from Lily. Um, next one is from Mary, uh, who's an email I don't recognize. I, I think you might be new, Mary. Maybe, maybe this is not true and I'm dumb. Um, Mary says, congratulations to Taylor on the birth of her first baby. This is excellent news. It's a wonderful surprise to have on the show. Well done to Taylor. I hope things go well and please don't rush her back. <laughs> yeah, would agree, Mike. Agree. I'm, I'm just fine. kidding. I'm just I'm kidding. Fine. I'm I'm put zero pressure. I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> next one comes from Alana, uh, who or sorry, Alina. Sorry, uh, <laughs> it is Alina, not Alana. Um, Alina says, uh, "Congratulations to Taylor and Dan. That's excellent news. 
Uh, wish you all the best and happiness over the next couple of weeks. I know it will be wild. I have one small child myself. The first couple of months were crazy, but everything since then has been amazing and smooth. So I hope the best for you as well. And that's from Alina. Aww, so many nice. more wishes. Yeah, nice to, nice to get some uh, experience yeah. uh, in, in there as well. Um, next one comes from Austin. Uh, a producer, Austin, uh, who says, congratulations to Taylor, um, though that I am sad that we won't ever get to hear a review of what to expect when expecting. I am very happy that you had your baby and that everything went well. I hope you will take your time, uh, but but we are missing you on the show. And that's from Austin. Uh, next one comes from Carly. Uh, Carly says, congratulations to Taylor on the birth of her baby. George is such a wonderful name. I hope that they call him Georgie all the time, um, even though there's a weird it reference there. But yeah. anyway, it's a wonderful name. <laughs> Carly. I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. And I now... didn't even. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, Taylor! Stop listening. If she yeah, Taylor, listening. Does, yeah, just don't worry about that one. It's, yeah, it's fine. Just, just <laughs> there's no killer clowns. Well, okay. Well, that's I don't right. know. One hundred percent true. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that, but but like in this area, <laughs> unlikely. So it's fine. There's no it monster. Um, but that's from that's from Carly. Now we switch to the social media section of our congratulations. Um, so this comes from Kathy, who says, congratulations to Taylor and Dan. Welcome, baby George, with a heart. Um, Andrew says, congratulations to Taylor and Dan on the birth of their child. Um, and I think this, okay, I'm not 100% sure because it's a screen name, but I think it's supposed to be Marnie, but it's a pretty big screen name. But I think it's from Marnie, who says, congratulations to Taylor. What wonderful news. I'm so excited for you. I hope you I hope you and Dan have the best of times over the holidays. So there you Oh, go. that's um, so true. Oh, it's for, oh yeah, it's going to be a special Christmas. Absolutely. Um, so there you go. That's all the, uh, the well wishes that came in. Definitely. If, if you, um, if you still want to write in, there's no problem. Keep writing them in. I will make sure they get to Taylor. I will let her know to, uh, to listen to the, to the episode. So this way she doesn't have to worry about the screen. And she can just listen to all your well wishes. Um, now I move on to some fan questions that I just haven't gotten to uh, because of bad recording times. Um, okay, so this this is a lot of these are from Josh the Inquisitor because he writes in every episode, um, and he so this is going to backtrack Nicole for a couple okay. episodes ago. So this one says, "Oh hey, did Marvel make movie magic again?" And his second question was weird seeing Black Panther post Chadwick Boseman. Um, I, I will, I'm going to pull a Quentin Tarantino here, Josh, and I'm going to object to your question and say that Marvel has been making movie magic. So I can't even answer your question. Have you ever seen those interviews, Nicole, where Quentin no. Tarantino will just, he refuses to answer questions that are framed like leading questions like that so he'll, he'll always stop and be like i don't like your question so i'm not going to answer it he's just an absolute like jerk <laughs> to it's the reporter also ironic that you're bringing this up. is this at all related to how quentin tarantino very recently was like this is the worst time in hollywood hollywood doesn't have movie stars anymore in the age of streaming is this, i wonder if this is related to that because oh no i i didn't even uh, hear those comments. So he was saying that in the age of streaming, there are no more movie stars. Yeah, like he, what, what was he saying? He he doesn't think that Marvel actors are movie stars. 
and Simu Liu, you know, you know, Simu. Of course. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen whatever Marvel movie he's in, but he was like, um, actually it's kind of incredible that I got to be a part of this. And like Quentin Tarantino, he said it really nicely and I don't know, very politely as a Canadian would. And he was like, uh, you know, Marvel's bringing people opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like you need to not be so gatekeepy. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it is a little, that's a very good term for it. I've never heard that, but that's a gatekeepy sounds excellent uh, because it really is. It, Marvel, to me, it's, it's, it all goes back to Robert Pattinson. Okay. Robert Pattinson <laughs> is the example that most people should live their life by where he does a movie that's um, a pre-existing, like Twilight, pre-existing thing, teen thing, makes a bunch of money, then goes and does whatever he wants as an artist. Yeah. Um, despite what people think. And then he he wanted to play Batman. Like, that was the thing. He really wanted to play Batman. So even though it's a comic book thing, he kind of comes back to it, yes, but he's had this huge career in between Twilight and Batman that has been whatever he wants to do because he made the money. And yeah. that's what you do with Marvel. It's like it's like in the stage theater when you produce a musical. Make all your money, and yes. then you can do whatever play you want that people, yes, are honestly not as interested in seeing, but have such great artistic merit that you want to tell those stories. So I don't know what I don't know what people's problems is. Uh, also, Simu is excellent uh, in his Marvel movie. Well, I should I should definitely see it, but like you should. Yeah, I think you really need to. I think people need to take a step back for, you know, because we are so immersed in like uh, Hollywood culture and like celebrity culture. And just, you know, I think we need good reminders that this is still people's jobs. Mm -hmm. And you take the work that pays you. Like, absolutely. (laughs) There's nothing like, stop moralizing it. It's yeah, fine. yeah, and I, I just there are so many people I could start naming that I feel like are movie stars because what I've always said, the difference between like a movie star and an actor in my mind has always been if you walk up to someone on the street, they will know anyone mm-hmm. will know Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, as an example. Sure. Most people will be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know who I know who Iron Man is. Like I know who that actor is. I know him by name. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes you get people who are like, oh award-winning actors who you really respect who you have to like people have to take a second yeah. or maybe they'll see their face and be like oh yeah that person but i can't think of their name off the top of their head totally. so i like tom cruise movie star maybe not a incredible actor but a movie star because he's recognizable <laughs> not there's anything wrong with that i enjoy mm. those films when i go see him and stuff as well but again yeah. that i just i don't know what quentin tarantino's doing <laughs> like, he's in his own world as usual like would he would he say I'm just wondering because he says there's no, there's no like he was saying there's no stars left. There's like that's not a thing anymore. Would he say that um, even even somebody like um, oh what's I his name literally just fell out of my head. Not Leonardo that. DiCaprio isn't a movie star. Like wouldn't wouldn't Leonardo DiCaprio <sighs> be the the someone who he just recently worked with as a big movie star? I think. Well, I don't know what he meant exactly, but yeah. I think I think because Leo was already a movie star, like previous like before streaming existed and before mm, the, the dawn see. of Marvel. I think he's <laughs> yeah, I think he's kinda talking about new era of actors. Yeah, okay. Which I mean, if you really want to get technical, they're all Nepo babies anyway. So yes. I don't understand why he has like such a problem i mean yeah, like who it's, knows? it's who knows? like any industry like if your mommy and daddy 
or your auntie or your uncle are famous, like you're also probably going to have a better shot. <laughs> yeah, Hot takes. Yeah. Hot takes. Um, okay. So there, that's my non-answer to the, I think Marvel has been making movie magic, Josh, before uh, Black Panther. So um, anyway, uh, was it weird without Chadwick Boseman? Um, weird isn't the right to, I think, I think, like I said on the, on the episode, it could have been awkward and it could have been really bad the way they kind of did this when, when somebody dies in real life and they try to, to kind of mimic that in, in the movie. I think about I, like Glee did it when one of its stars mm. died in the middle and they produced one of the most awkward television like episodes ever. Um, it could have been poorly done, but I, I thought this was a very tasteful, tastefully done movie that made like kind of paid tribute to him without making it too much of a like it was a big plot point and kind of moving forward past your grief was kind of the theme of the movie and that i think helped because it was really showing characters going through grief so i think it was less awkward but it, it could i think it could have definitely been more awkward definitely but it wasn't um okay uh next from josh the inquisitor did smile meet your expectations after a successful marketing campaign uh yes it did until the final scene. Uh, and then it didn't meet and my then, expectations. Um, I guess it's been it's been out for a couple of weeks and I did do the non-spoil. So I can do this. So spoiler alert for Smile. And you can skip the next two minutes if you haven't seen it and you care. But spoiler alert so I can fully explain this. So the main character, Nicole, is played by um, uh, Kevin Bacon's daughter, um, who's been in... A couple, like a handful of things, but this is kind of her big, big, big role. The main character at the end gets gets consumed by this smile and puts the smile on herself. And it wasn't creepy. Like, I think I described it as like one of the nicest, beautiful smiles I've ever seen. Uh, and it made me laugh. Like at the end of the, like the smile's very creepy and disturbing and yeah. she couldn't do it. Uh so in the final scene of the movie, the climax is happening. She gets kind of taken over by this thing and she does a smile. All I was thinking was, well, that's, that's nice. That's, Thank yeah, you. That's, you know, I yeah, needed yeah. that today. You know, like it was, it just didn't, she just, she couldn't do it. And like, she was so good throughout the movie, but her smile was too nice and too like pretty. And it so didn't, yeah, it was very weird. Specific, like so specific. Yeah, I like how you're and, like, I bought it until the very end. And, and yeah, because it took me out of the movie. It completely took me out of the movie. It really took me out of the movie. Okay. It was so good. And it was like a, it was the type of horror movie I like where it's more of a thriller. You're trying to solve a mystery. And then the horror kind of happens in between. But the end of the movie just didn't sit well with me because I just thought, I, I'm not, I'm not even remotely scared or terrified or even worried for I'm. It just didn't work. Um, so it was very, it made me laugh, which I don't think is very good. Uh, but the rest, of, I think I gave it a very good rating because the rest of the movie was excellent. Like one of the best new horror movies I've seen. But Great. the end was kind of like, I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Wait, did you, did you see Barbarian after? Um, I did. Okay. Which do you, did you like better? Did you like Barbarian or Smile better? If you could pick. I think Smile has more rewatchability. Okay. For me, because it, the mystery of barbarian was to me what gave it the tension and now that i know i think some of the tension gets lost um but i think i think barbarian it's weird because i would say i think barbarian's the superior movie mm. in my opinion on like all levels of of 
trying to like re- if you were to be critical of it mm-hmm. but it has to me it has sixth sense syndrome where once you know what the ending is it's kind of like oh okay like it, you kind of know so i think it's a the, on the first time rewatch it was better but if i'm going to sit down and rewatch the movie i'm going to go back to smile interesting okay okay that's my answer um so the, the there's a question here for tyler that came from Josh, which I will um, have him answer next time he's on the show because it's about Fire of Love. Um, <gasps> what a great! Oh Fire yes, you have. I did. I saw it in the summertime in New York, actually, because it wasn't really playing in Toronto, uh, and it was so good. Okay, well so then good. you can you can answer this question then, and then oh. Tyler can answer it later. Cool. <laughs> but you can answer this if you've seen it. Then yeah. that's good. Um, so he, so Josh is asking, Fire of Love seems to be very well received so far. Do you feel like it lived up to the high ratings? I noticed there were a lot of complaints regarding the narration. Did you find it distracting or do you feel like it worked as a regular documentary voiceover? Oh, I personally really loved it. I thought it was uh, a little bit different than your usual kind of talking heads documentary. Um, I really like that... I don't know if Tyler mentioned that all of the footage that was seen, like most of it was actually archival. And mm, yes, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought that was incredible. And it, I think the uh, voiceover narration really, I don't know, really helped the story. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But if you're like, I think Taylor really does not like a narration kind of over film, if I remember correctly. Um, yes, so, if, so if you're a person who does not like that, um, you should still give it a chance. Honestly, it's an incredible story. Like, it, it truly is incredible. It sounded great when he yeah. was describing it. Like, it sounded like a really engaging documentary. So yeah. it definitely sounds good. And he gave it a good rating. And it sounds like it's well-received. So would you give it a see it as well? Like, are you oh, saying see it? Yes, 100%. Yeah. There you go. Okay, yeah. so Tyler, will make sure you answer Josh's question next time you're on the show. But there you go. Nicole standing in for Tyler on that. Um, okay. That ends our fan questions for this week. Thank you so much again to everybody. If you want to write in, just a reminder, screeninginkingston at gmail.com. Or like most people do, you can go to our website, screeninginkingston.com. Fill out one of the two forms. There's one on the podcast page, one on the home page, And you can just fill that out and send in your questions. Okay, Nicole, we've got some movies to review. Um And I don't know if you had a preference of order, um, but I personally wanted you to start with The Good Nurse um, because I am very actually curious about that movie. So I thought that would be a good place to start. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So The Good Nurse actually premiered at TIFF, uh, which is great and very on brand for me. And um, it's currently on Netflix and it's about it, you know, it's really hard to describe the plot of this movie without ruining the ending because mm, okay, you, please don't ruin the ending. But, <laughs> I want to well, see it. <laughs> you literally, I mean, like, how much do you know? Oh, I <laughs> know the basic if, story. Okay, I know okay. the basic story because like, this is based on on something that actually happened. This is based yes. on a nurse who actually existed. Yes, uh, he's okay. a real person. So yes, yeah. I do know the basic story. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So yes, it is based on a true story. I believe it was in the nineties, mm-hmm. a hospital in New Jersey. Uh, there is a nurse named Amy who, uh, has a new coworker at her hospital and, uh, patients start to, they start to have codes. I think that that's how they refer to it, which is basically just people kind of, 
as they put it in the movie, expiring without any prior indication that they would expire. Mm. Um, and it ends up, you know, turning out that her coworker, her new coworker, has been interfering in patient's care and not yes. in the best way. Which is the thing that I know. Like, that yes. is part of history. That is something that has kind of okay. been around the marketing as mm-hmm. well of this. So, so I feel like that's kind of not the, not a spoiler. Yeah. So I think that it is a quite a slow movie because you have some, you know, higher stakes that you need to keep in mind. You know, they had to write that into the movie. And I'm not too familiar with the real story. Um, but the stakes were high for our lead character, Amy. And... I, you know, I liked the movie quite a bit. Um, I thought Eddie Redmayne's performance was particularly compelling because I felt like you were very much caught in the in-between spot where you're seeing somebody's humanity in that you're like, oh, this person would never do this. And he's, he's... I'm sure in real life this was quite surprising, but just given Eddie Redmayne's performance, you you wouldn't look at him and be like, "Oh my gosh, this man is absolutely evil." Oh, okay, so yeah. you're not you're okay. That was one of the, that was actually going to be one of the questions because knowing the role that he plays, mm-hmm. how much do they lean into it as being like an evil person? But it sounds like they're pretty balanced on it. And yeah, I think I think we go on a journey with Amy of of kind of disbelief at first that this person that you're presented with is doing these terrible things, Mm. but because of um, his performance and possibly, you know, like, I don't know what he was like in real life, but from what I gathered, I haven't watched the documentary yet. There is actually a documentary that is kind of a companion piece. Oh, apparently to not a companion piece necessarily, but like it comes up. It's like, if you enjoyed The Good Nurse, here's the documentary about it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think that the movie did a really good job in, in having you really second guess, you know, the person that's sitting in front of you. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I really enjoyed that part of it. It was tough knowing, what, I mean, I'm not a person who, cares very much about a spoiler i'm more about the journey and and how how you get to the end point as opposed to the ultimate end point uh so i didn't find it too bad that you basically knew the whole story going into Mm -hmm. the movie um but it was it felt a little for me anyway it felt a little thin in that like it was a quite it was quite a long movie it's about i think it's about two hours Mm. um and yeah, and, and I think for anybody who has listened to or watched Dr. Death, there are going to be some things that um, the surprising bits are not so surprising if you follow true crime or if you follow uh, uh, American healthcare. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not that surprising and it's pretty uh it's a bit it's a bummer but it's like confirming this bummer that you already kind of know so i think i enjoyed the performances the movie was quite solid um as a script i would just give it a stream it or 
I would give it a stream it, honestly. Mm. Um, I'm not recommending it. It's a good story, but I would rather watch the documentary probably. Sure. Yeah. It's not, it's not a run out and watch now. It's more of a, well, if you, if you need something to watch. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it did really, really well. And Mm. I am, um, just like generally a crusty person. So I'm coming at it from like a bias, but, um, but yeah, I would say stream it. If you have Netflix, it's great. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Stream it. The good nurse stream it. If you have Netflix, it's great. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't (laughs) go out of your way, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll do my, my first film next. The wonder. Yes. Uh, it's yeah, it's a very very interesting, uh, very interesting movie, and um, it is very interesting that I went to see it in the theaters when it came out on Netflix the next day. Um, very very funny, but uh, this is this is a very interesting story. So this the kind of general plot of this one is Florence Pugh plays a nurse who's been called to a very like recluse out of nowhere. I think it's like an Irish community, like in the middle of nowhere. Nothing like it's it's honestly a church for buildings and that's it. Like it's it's a very very small town, um, and it's a very like Irish Catholic community that's mm-hmm. very very tight knit. And she's been called out there because there's a young uh, girl, just kind of preteen, um, who has not eaten anything in a couple of months. I think. I think it was like almost four months. Wow. She hasn't consumed food. And that's the premise. That's the idea. This nurse is brought here. They call it the watch where they want Florence Pugh's character and a nun to take turns um, watching this child to make sure that nothing weird is going on because they believe it's a miracle. Hmm. So and so obviously Florence Pugh plays the skeptic. She comes in thinking like something's going on here and I need to figure out what's going on. And that's the general premise of the movie. Um, That alone is interesting. It's intriguing when they're in that Mm storyline. It's captivating. It's um, it it is one of those movies that I would describe as it's kind of slow moving, but it's very much done that on purpose. You're Mm -hmm. seeing the world be kind of shown to you through Florence Pugh. So she's slowly moving through and she's kind of skeptical of everyone and you're meeting people and you're not sure who to trust and everyone's kind of acting real strange. And it feels almost like you're the fish out of water as an audience member, um, which is very good. Like it adds to the thrilling kind of mystery side of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Where this movie misses for me are the few things that some movies seem to be able to do that really annoy me. And one of those things is introducing a concept that then disappears and you never go back to. At the beginning oh, of this, no. Yeah. At the beginning of this film, it opens on the set of the movie. Like, not, not the world of the movie. We're on the set at Netflix, is basically what they said. Like, this is a movie filmed on this set at Netflix. And everything you're going to... Like, there's a voiceover saying this. Mm-hmm. Everything you're going to see is the characters truly believe it. And then you go into the movie. Why? I don't know. And <laughs> it doesn't really, like, it kind of comes back at the end, but for no real purpose. And there's one moment in the movie where someone, like, breaks the fourth wall and addresses <gasps> the camera. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was a very bold, weird choice that I don't think adds anything to the movie. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think from the artist's perspective, like, why are you doing this? Like, what are you trying to tell me? And I don't, I don't really get it because the story itself 
was kind of compelling enough and interesting enough. Like, you don't need to tell me that everyone in a movie believes they're in a movie. Like, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> like, I'm not too sure what. Dang. Yeah, yeah you're watching. Very strange. You're watching a movie, so you're and, watching a movie. And that's the, <laughs> kind of the framing device, and it's right at the beginning, so I don't feel it's a spoiler. And I'm not going to get into the mystery because the mystery is is part one of two of this journey in the in this film. So the mystery is one, and then how Florence Pugh is going to try to solve what's going on, can try to figure out what's happening, and then the obvious repercussions of whatever that happens to be. So this is one of those movies that isn't shy to reveal things earlier. So mm. you can then deal with the characters dealing with that, which I thought was really refreshing and, and kind of interesting. Um, the movie became more about Florence Pugh and the way she was dealing with even things in her own past and things that happened to her and trying to kind of come to grips with different things in her life. And I thought that was really well done. Like she she knocked it out of the park as usual. Yeah. Um, yeah. She elevates everything she's in. <laughs> like every every single movie she's in, she elevates it. Yeah. Um, so she was fantastic. There's a few tiny little things in this movie that happened that I'm not 100% sure why. Um, again, I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's this weird thing that Florence Pugh does every night where she goes back to her. She's staying in a hotel that's a little far away from where these people live, where she watches the kid. Mm -hmm. um, and she like she like pricks her finger with a needle and I think gets high on something, but you don't really see it. And then she like drinks her own blood from her finger. I say this and I'm giving all this away because it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Um, she just does this three times in a row, like in three evenings that you see, and then it never kind of comes back to it. Um, like, it's not like she's high throughout the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they were doing. Like, again, there's these little moments in this movie where you're just throwing something in there and I don't get it. Oh, <laughs> you know what's funny, actually? Um, I have the Wikipedia page up and apparently it's it's um, uh, opium that she oh. was taking. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they didn't really show anything other than the pricked finger, but okay. No. Um, <laughs> I guess they were just being very suggestive uh, and I, that went over my head. Um, so yeah, she definitely goes through some sort of weird trance in the evening, but then is fine during the day. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was another thing that clearly wasn't well explained. Um, what I really also liked about the movie was the relationship kind of being formed between her and the sort of girl, the subject of the movie, who's going through all of this. Um, because again, like she's she's asking questions and trying to get things from her. And obviously this is like a preteen. So you don't mm -hmm. know how much information she's being fed by others mm -hmm. and how much information she's feeling herself. So it's it's interesting to to look at a movie that's kind of it's kind of the battle between the spiritual and the medical. A little bit mm -hmm. but it's hard to tell because of the age of the character is she being naive and being told things and now is following it or does she actually feel and think some of these things and that's part of the journey that, that you kind of see in Florence Pugh's character does a good job of like getting to know her and mm -hmm. they kind of form a really interesting uh friendship and relationship which I, I think was really well done um oh, wow. so that's another kind of plus for the movie um overall pretty good movie some of those things that happen in it that that annoy me. I, I just I can't get over when you when as a director or a writer or whoever you add something into a movie that's so important to you that you have to have a framing device or you have to throw in these moments, but you never pay it off with anything. 
It's just there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can forgive the 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 her getting high thing because maybe that's just a character thing. This is just who she is to show you the struggle and how she's dealing with stuff in the past, her past that gets revealed throughout this movie. Fine. Okay. I can get past that. Wasn't super clear, but whatever. I can't get past framing it, breaking the fourth wall and not doing it for any reason that seemed to make any sense to me. Interesting. I wonder why they did that. Did you? I don't know. Did you Google it to see? No, no, no I didn't. Because listen, listen, I know everyone loves a good Google. Everyone <laughs> I know loves a good Google. I think for some things like like finding your way through the streets, like getting directions, sure. I don't need Google for that. If I walk long enough, I'll find where I'm going. Like I don't need Google. It ruins the fun of, of to me, finding places. I will almost never Google something if I'm out and I'm a little lost. I almost will never do it. It's, it's the journey. It's finding things and discovering things that I find delightful. The same with my movie going. I don't want to have to do research after a movie to understand a movie. If you couldn't make it clear to me and you did something weird, I'm just going to call you out on it and live with that in my memory for this movie. I don't want it to be clear because you didn't make it clear for me. And that's just a stubbornness that I have, which is why for this movie, it was a see it and I downgraded it to a stream it because I really just couldn't get over that. Like overall, very good movie, excellent performance in the middle of it. Like I think Florence Pugh deserves an Oscar for something. (laughs) She's an amazing actor in my opinion. Um, But you know, this is one of those movies that could fly under the radar because at the end of the day, it was interesting in some ways, but then I think it just didn't make a lot of sense. And some people are going to be like, I I don't know. I don't know what was going on in, in these moments. I don't understand this. Or I don't understand that. Um, so for, to me, the wonder is a stream it, especially now that it's, out, that it's out on Netflix. I wouldn't worry about going to the movies to see this one. Stream it at home. It'll be an interesting kind of ride for you, but I could understand and see why people wouldn't like the movie. Like I really could get, I could see that because there are a few of those little moments where you go, what is happening? No, I don't know if I want to watch it, Mike. You have not convinced me. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's something I because I understand that it's a middle it's a middle of the ground kind of movie with some good performances in it. So I'm giving it a stream. It. It's not much that I can uh, say about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's okay. the wonder. Um, right. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about good luck to you. Uh, was it Leo Grande? Leo Grant. Leo Grant. Leo Grant. Or Grande. Leo Grant. Grande. Um, well, let's talk about that movie. Um, and I guess just uh, tread tread lightly. Yep. <laughs> and I'll do my best and most. Okay. Well, I'm just going to open up with it. So this movie is, um, it has, is about sex work among many things. Uh its main character, who is played by Emma Thompson, she's a retired widow, and she hires a young sex worker uh, who goes by the name Leo Grand, and the actor who plays him is Daryl McCormack. Um, oh, Daryl McCormack, okay. Yes, very, yeah, very charming and handsome gentleman, um, which fit really well, actually. Uh, and it's she's had um an unfulfilling marriage Hmm. and it she explores that with um the human who she hires 
uh, to spend some time with her. Mm. I think this movie didn't get a ton of uh, press or maybe it maybe it did and I just wasn't paying attention the only thing that I recall from the summertime when this kind of started trickling out on streaming was that people were talking about how it was Emma Thompson's first time fully nude on camera um and that's kind of all you heard about the movie which just is such a disservice to this movie and it's very disappointing that, and maybe this was, this is just what I remember hearing of it. Um, Cause it, it did get incredible reviews. It was really well received. It was just my impression is that it didn't get around to that many people. I've convinced two of my friends actually to watch it this week and they both mm. really loved it. They were like, where did this movie come from? Yeah. Um, it really tackles the idea of exploring your sexuality not necessarily not se- not necessarily your sexual orientation but more just sexuality as a vehicle for pleasure and just women's pleasure in general and the shame that we've built around pleasure in our society mm. and how we don't talk about it um, very much and that leads to a lot of shame uh, and you can really see it um, with the two characters. I mean, the the movie is not. It, I feel like it. It feels a little bit like a play. Uh, very very dialogue heavy, which I really enjoyed. And you're on a journey with the character. I mean, I would say that if you if you have any opinions about sex work. Um, or if you just don't know much about it, this would be a really, really great movie to, and maybe this is just me being biased, but um, that presents the point that at the end of the day, sex work is ultimately work and should be treated as such. Um, and it, it, this movie has a really, really high opinion of that, which is uh, very unusual in films. I think it's even, you know, with the season of White Lotus, there are sex workers in this new season. And I don't know if they're necessarily given the same kind of grace that they should be given as they are in this movie. Um, And TV does seem to be a bit different in terms of its audience things, at least in terms of it seems reception, because there's things that happen in movies that end up being celebrated or discussed as a first time that have been happening in television for so long. Mm -hmm. But I think the audience for movies is just so widespread Mm -hmm. and you get like so much more of a financial commitment that I feel it's just something I've noticed from all these movies, especially this year that like, Oh, it's like breaking this barrier that didn't seem to exist in television. It seems like it is a bit of a different thing. I don't know if you feel kind of the same way in terms of sex work specifically being covered. Yeah, being covered yeah. because, like, I think that, like, yeah. when you put something in a movie that's going to be widespread with a star, mm-hmm. sorry, Quentin Tarantino, but Emma Thompson's a star. Yeah, she then is. Then I do think it does, it can create that conversation in a bit of a different way than a show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we get a little bit of it. Um, if, if anybody who is listening watches The Deuce, I mean, I've watched a, a few episodes and it's, it's about sex work in the 80s and the dangers of it this is not at all this is almost like a fantasy of because in reality unfortunately because sex work is so 
uh, is not regulated by any means. And it's such a shame um, because it should be taken. I'm not going to put my opinions in here. Actually, I don't want people coming for me, but you know, it should be taken seriously. And that's all I'll say about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what you have to remember when watching this movie is that you're still, it's presenting just like, a person who is involved in sex work does it presents a fantasy and this world is definitely a fantasy to a certain extent. Um, not all people will go on the journey that our, uh, main character who were, I think we're supposed to be seeing things through her eyes. Um, not everybody is going to come around to have, mm-hmm. a, have an evolved opinion about what's going on in the movie. But I think that makes it, all the more important for viewing you know it's yeah. very oh, it's, definitely. yeah it's this in if you spend time with these characters what they're saying how you can relate to it it's very salient they've done a great job of of um yeah just having the emma thompson character work through her own biases her own opinions of mm-hmm. of, of pleasure her own opinions of sex work and and then seeing him come up against that so yeah. well in a voice we don't usually hear as audiences in television or in definitely not in movies. I've and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody who's listening, I have never seen a movie that is so uh so on the side of sex work as a necessity for functioning like for functioning humans in society. Um and I think that's really, really important. And I'm hoping that more people will see this movie. I, I know that my friends who watched it this week, they were like, oh, yep, absolutely incredible. Don't know where this came from. So happy yeah. it's here. It has like gone under the radar in terms of like marketing or hearing things. Cause I definitely like have seen little snippet previews or maybe like I'm sitting in a movie theater and they're mm-hmm. showing little things in an interview beforehand. And I'm pretty sure this was one of those movies, but I never really paid it much yeah. attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're definitely making a good case for it because as far as I'm concerned, like I, I, when I watch a movie, I could even care less for the most part of the subject matter, whether mm-hmm. I agree, disagree, know a lot or don't know a lot mm-hmm. as the movie talk to me, right? That's yeah. kind of what I go into. Like yeah. I, I could come out of the movie and still have my own opinions or thoughts, but mm-hmm. a good movie will yeah. make me sit there and think or discuss or yeah. what, like, I think it's just good to see different things. regardless of where it is so i feel like it sounds to me like this movie is worth seeing just for that to to get into something new like expose yourself to something different hear different views whether or not it convinces you or makes you feel differently is is a personal thing and has to do with each and every person but if you're open-minded enough to at least listen i feel like that's a great first step yeah, and another thing too that this movie does that and and I really hope that one day this you know this movie will be if you rewatch it you're like oh this is really hitting me over the head with a lot of things like it's very forceful in its opinions um but as with the first of anything that is mm-hmm. the first thing tackling something that deserves attention sometimes it is very heavy-handed um but I appreciated it in this case and I think it's also so important with our society so fixated on uh, on youth, beauty, and completely disregarding in media and in 
in culture in general, the, the opinions and the presence of older voices, period. Like we see an older woman, like it in having pleasure and coming to changing her mind about things that you don't Mm. expect her to change her mind about. And like, we really need to work around or, or at least, I don't know. It's my impression that sometimes, at least from the media that I consume, uh, that sometimes older audiences might feel neglected Mm -hmm. and that they're not being heard. And that's a part of ageism, unfortunately. But I think this movie does such a good job in like giving, giving that generation a voice Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, older folks are not irrelevant by any means, but if you just look at our media and our culture, uh, it might appear to be that way, especially for older women. Yeah. Like you've definitely, you've given it so much, like, regardless of, of the movie itself and the storytelling and like the things like that you've given it enough of an interesting like for me there's enough to intrigue me that you've already convinced me to go watch this movie because i'm like well all those things are really good points and i have you do you don't see a lot of these things in, in movies and you don't get the opportunity to at least see something different like that and you've already kind of convinced me to to go see it like, I, I know almost nothing about this movie other than the points that you're kind of making about how it reflects back on society and all these things going on. But like ageism, the the idea of sex work and all that, like you've convinced me enough to watch it just out of curiosity. Huzzah. So that alone, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see this because I, I think of myself as an open-minded person who has my own opinions and whatever, but I know I'm I'm the type of person that when I get an opportunity to see something new... I'd rather see it before before forming any sort of opinion. Yeah. I want to at least see and get some ideas and thoughts from it. And it sounds like this movie did a good job of conveying all these things, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody see it. Everybody yeah. see it. Should be on Disney it, Plus. It sounds so refreshing too. Like just I I just maybe it's because I just of the movies I watched um it, it's just kind of like kind of the same old or or tropes that didn't work. This sounds like it was a more refreshing take that has an optimistic yeah. feel to it which and it's funny yeah it's very funny that's it's like laugh out loud funny and she's emma thompson like we cannot forget how much of a gift she is like yeah, she is absolutely incredible yeah incredible yeah. uh there you go yeah. uh, so you're giving it a see it oh a hundred times over hundred times see it um okay the last film uh that uh, i'm i'm gonna talk about is enola holmes 2 let's change uh, direction for this whole episode right and go be enola holmes 2 i saw enola holmes like randomly the two years ago wherever whenever it streamed i think we were in the pandemic and i just watched it and i thoroughly enjoyed it so i thought why not go back and watch the other one um and i this is the thing i'm gonna say there's a I I look at movies critically with a more critical eye these past couple of years than I ever have because of this show. I've learned a lot about movies. I've really like sat down and when I watch a movie, I think about it in a different way and sometimes can kind of ruin uh, movies for me. Yeah. This movie's just fun. Oh. <laughs> like forget forget everything about it. It's a sequel to a fun movie. It's another fun sort of mystery movie, very like Sherlock Holmes style. There's a mystery out there that needs to be solved. 
and our characters are going to go out there and try to solve it. Um, Millie Bobby Brown is excellent again, uh, reprising her role. She plays Sherlock Holmes' sister, who basically, um, after everything that happened in the first movie, she starts her own sort of small detective agency um, while her famous brother is out there solving uh, many, many crazy mysteries and basically the two have to come together because they're both investigating a case that ends up coming together and there's a lot of great humor between her um and henry cavill who plays uh sherlock holmes um where he's taking everything very very seriously and himself very seriously and she doesn't do that she's much more lighthearted. this is fun it's fun being an investigator um where sherlock holmes has seen some things um, so it's an interesting, I like that balance where yeah. the brother sister combo, where obviously he's looking at his younger sister is always going to be his younger sister. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't see her as like growing up, which is really what I feel these movies are about. Um, it's, it's about, you know, someone growing up, um, and facing the realities of the world. And he's always going to look at her in a certain way. And she's always going to look at him in a certain way. And it's kind of interesting the movie kind of touches upon these themes a tiny bit enough to keep us adults interested, right. even though it's for kids <laughs> um, or, or people who are young at heart yes. as well um, because it's really enjoyable. But I, again, it's, it's a fun movie. Um, Henry Cavill, who I've criticized a lot for a lot of things, he does very well in this kind of role um, plays Sherlock Holmes pretty well. Um, it works for this movie. He works for, for the movie. So he's even good. Um, I think that the supporting cast is kind of okay, but we really kind of focus on the two of them. It's really, it's really their movie. We get a little bit more of Henry Cavill in this one than we did the first one. Um, if you enjoyed the first Enola Holmes, you're going to enjoy this movie. Um, is it anything groundbreaking? No, it's a fun adventure film. That's great for the family has a lot of laughs. The, investigation isn't quite as interesting as the first one but it is still interesting enough that i enjoyed myself thoroughly i laughed i smiled throughout the whole movie it was a lot of fun it's a really great movie if you just want to chill and have a good time i've got to give it a see it (laughs) you know it's just it's one of those films where i can't help but say see it. it it's really well done they know what they're doing they don't take themselves too seriously it's just a fun adventure film i don't know if you've had any interest nicole in either of these movies or saw the first one uh, but it i just thought it was a fun adventure i have absolutely not but i'm not <laughs> saying that like it's honestly i just want to feel more joy <laughs> in the world these days so now i'm like huh, mike hasn't said much about this but he's already convinced me that i need yeah enola holmes in my life i mean enola holmes the first movie is is more of what the second movie is. i mean it's the typical um sequel syndrome sure uh, they can't quite recreate the magic of the first one the first mm-hmm. one had a very interesting mystery um it was very joyful it had a lot of fun spirit to it millie bobby brown really like clearly has fun in this role because she just has a good time and you can tell the second movie repeats a lot of the same beats like it's a typical sequel you would have seen in the 90s or 2000s of of if these were you know movies that came out in the theaters it repeats a lot of the same beats it's very similar in tone but it's just fun like there's not much i can say about this movie uh, without kind of spoiling the mystery which is kind of the fun part of these movies there is a mystery to solve 
in both the first and second movie. Um, and I just thought it was a lot of fun. And I can't say, if you're looking for some joy, Enola Holmes and Enola Holmes 2, they're a fun pair to watch together. It's a it's kind of just fun background noise, but in the best possible way. We need more of that. Yeah, and it's a good way to warm up for the holidays. So there you go. Oh, uh, Enola, <laughs> Enola Holmes 2, it's a see it for me. Definitely check it out. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. If you didn't like the first one, you will not like the second one. Compelling. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left here, Nicole, and I've got to quiz you. Okay. That's great. what we do now. We do Hit the me. quiz. Three questions out of my movie quiz box here. Okay. okay. Number one, which is the only Bond movie to star George Lazenby? I don't know who that is. Oh, I have absolutely no idea. I don't, I don't know this either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Great. Never going to see it. I'll have to ask about <laughs> that. I have no idea what that even is. That's a good um, question. That is a good one. That's, that yeah. one's a deep cut one. Yeah. Uh, in Doctor Who, which actress plays the role of the Doctor's thestiest companion, Rose? I don't watch Doctor Who. Neither do I. <laughs> it's Billy Piper. Who's that? Oh, no, no. Uh, question. This is not going well. Question number three. What is the name of the ship in Alien? Oh, man. <laughs> I like that movie, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know the answer, so I'm going to say the Alien Catcher. I don't know. Nostromo. Nostromo? <laughs> like Nostradamus? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, smart but there you go yeah smart yeah good movie alien uh yeah that was that was i have to say those are the most obscure questions that i pulled, pulled out of that yet where i didn't even know any of them either. wow so don't, don't you worry about that so uh, Nicole, i know that's it's that bond one i've never even heard of that person nope. so i that doesn't even sound like a james bond so maybe he was another character um nicole thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate uh you and all our guests coming in and filling in for taylor i hope you had a good time so thank you for doing this well thank you so much it was so my pleasure and i hope everybody goes and watches good luck to you leo grand or grande grande or, uh, i don't know grande or grande? do we know i think it's grand actually grand. okay but okay. whatever <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yes, so definitely go 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 check those out. Um, like Taylor says, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.